would please turn with me to the 36th chapter of the book of Exodus. People get nervous. They said, well, you know, you need to do seven chapters. No, three chapters each message if you plan on getting through the text, uh, the whole Old Testament, or the whole Bible in seven years. And I told them, I said, there's some of it that is repetitive. And they said, well, but, you know, and then, then you, well, you only took like four verses, man. <laughs> We're never going to get through the Bible. Yeah, we will. Well, unless the Lord tarries. Okay, let's have a word of prayer, and then I want to pick up in chapter 36. Father, thank you. Uh, Father, I think about Joshua going forth, and you went before him. Father, I think about even this text here that we are dealing with, that even in light of the sins, horrific sins of Israel, you withdraw your presence, but you had it covered with an angelic host. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Father, I think about uh, the amazing things you do on a consistent basis. And Father, as we go from here, as we will move in our lives, Father, go before us that we may sense you, we may follow you, we may cherish you, and we may draw upon you. To your glory and to your praise in Christ's name. Amen. Chapter 35 is literally the beginning of the construction of the tabernacle. It's already been given. started in chapter 25. God took Moses on Mount Sinai and began explaining to him. You know, when we think about Moses on Mount Sinai, we think about Charlton Heston and the finger of God cutting Ten Commandments on a piece of stone. He was up there 40 days and 40 nights. Okay, he got a whole bunch of information. And information, part of that information was the tabernacle. The place that he said, I will come and be in the presence of the people. And it's an amazing thing. And so in chapter 35, they begin the construction. But I want to jump into 36 in verses 2 through 7, because this is one of the things that I think that we miss. Okay. Now Moses has come back down the mountain. He came back down the mountain and he heard all this crying. God sent Moses back down the mountain. And he says, get back down to them people. But get back down to your people, Moses. And, God, and Moses said, well, wait, um, I thought they were your people. And when he got back down to the mountains, he found out that Aaron had taken the gold, a lot of gold, from the nation that was camped there, probably two million, and took gold and made a golden calf. And they were worshiping the golden calf, and they wanted a golden calf to now lead them. Because they thought maybe Moses was consumed on Mount Sinai. All right? Moses comes back down. He's got the stone tablets and he throws them to the ground and they shatter because the people had broken God's law. I mean, the, the, they broken first three, just bam, 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 bam. Okay? And, and they didn't even, it was no big deal. And Moses becomes irate and says, who will be with the Lord? Who will be with me? And the Levites come, join with him, put your sword up, and they kill 3,000. Okay? Now, you need to understand something about that. That's Jew against Jew. That's Israelite against Israelite. 
All right. And God is very serious about coming to him to worship. But then God's mercy is given and he withdraws his hand of wrath because of the intercession of Moses. And then he sends Moses back up to 40 days, 40 nights to get the instructions again. And he brings them down. But he tells Moses something. A key phrase. My presence ain't going to be there. Holy angel will be there. That's tough stuff right there. Moses understood that. Why? Moses understood that if God's presence is there, hallelujah. Now listen. I've done enough reading of the scriptures and probably you have too to say, you know what? One redneck angel ain't bad. I mean, ain't really anybody going to mess with you. But the key of the, the, uh, the understanding is instead of God himself, you have God's messenger. You have God's messenger. Okay. Verses two through seven. Moses calls Bazel and Obi. Every skillful and every skillful person in whom Yahweh has put skill. Did you see that? That reminds me of that. Rush Limbaugh. Talent on loan from God. And everybody goes, oh, I can't believe you're saying that. It's true. If you have talent, where did you get it? It's on loan from God. I don't care what your talent is. I'm still trying to find my talent, but some of you have great talent. And when I find mine, I'll say it's on loan from God. Right now, I don't think he loaned me anything. But anyway, all right. He grabs these skilled men and everyone whose heart was stirred in him to come and work to perform it. They received from Moses all the contributions which the sons of Israel had brought to perform the work of the construction of the sanctuary. This is the tabernacle. And they still continued bringing him free will offerings every morning. Every morning there was a group of people bringing stuff for the tabernacle. Okay? And they said to Moses, and the people were bringing much more than enough for the construction work, which Yahweh had commanded them to perform. So Moses issued a command. Now think about this for a second. Grab this, grab a hold of this for just a second. Okay. Yahweh has spoken through Moses to the people. This is what we're going to build. And it will be a place where God will come. Now, Yah- now Moses comes in with a command in verse six. And a proclamation was circulated throughout the camp. It has to be circulated throughout the camp. you got two million people. Okay? It was circulated through the camp. Let neither man nor woman any longer perform a work for the contribution of the sanctuary. Thus the people were restrained from bringing any more. Did you hear what just happened? You've got to get a hold of this. This this is a beautiful picture. This people, a stubborn people, a disobedient people, a rebellious people. God's wrath was right there. Right there. 3,000 died. Why? They made an idol. 
They were going to worship their way. Okay? God withheld the wrath because of the intercession of Moses. All right? Moses backed up, interceded, and said, hey, we need to deal with this. And the people said, we have sinned against God. What can we do to correct it? Well, we need material for the veil. We need material for the covering. We need acacia wood. We need gold for the, the, the lanterns. We need gold for the utensils. We need gold for the uh, Ark of the Covenant. We need, that. just go down the line. We need all of this to come forward now. And the people had understood what they did wrong and what did they do? They gave more than what was necessary. That's an interesting concept if you think about it. I don't know a church that has ever given more than was necessary. I don't. And I don't say that to hurt people. I just say that, imagine that. But it doesn't happen until the people collectively say, uh-oh, uh-oh. I mean, I see a lot of things that people say, well, God is doing this or God is doing that. Okay, but usually it's in a man's made framework where, you know, the town wants to move the building and they want to give you money and move you out of this place and put you into this place and hallelujah. Who gets credit for it? But this is God moving on the hearts of the people. It says there, he stirred those who hearts were stirred. Began bringing. They began bringing. It was voluntarily. Here is a stubborn, disobedient, rebellious people who sinned against the Holy God, who grumbled, who murmured, who made an idol because they wanted somebody else to worship. And they'd already gotten it wrong. Moses brought us out of Egypt. And he says, no. Yahweh brought us out of Egypt. And yet God moved on the people and what happened? Listen, repentance is visible. Listen, you got to get a hold of this. Repentance, there's no doubt. You don't have to say, well, I think that they love Jesus. No, they will sell everything they've got. For the cause of Christ. It's no different than those who were stirred. And yet there were so many who were stirred. Guess what happened? (laughs) They had too much. That Moses had to say, stop. We don't have a place to put your silver. We don't have a place to put your gold. Well, stop. And it was circulated through the camp. Got to stop now. It's an interesting concept. Okay, chapter 36, verse 8 through 39 is a report of the work 
that is done. Okay? Verses 8 through 19 are the curtains made. Okay? The whole coverings that are put around the tabernacle, the, 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 the curtains that will be between the holy place and the holy of holies, the curtains that will cover around the holy place and the holy of holies. All right, But it also includes the covering of the tabernacle, the, that that will be outside, the, the, the skirting that will go around. And then they even have a fence that goes around the outside and it will be done in material. And so verses 8, it says, All the skillful men among them who performed the work made the tabernacle and the ten curtains of the fine twisted linen, the blue and the purple, the scarlet material and the cherubim and the work of the skillful workmen, bells have made dim. All right, so basically what you have in chapter 36 through 39 is here's what's being done. It's a report. Listen, it's repeated, and if you read this, it's amazing because it's read in past tense. We did it. We did it this way. Now, how important is this? I want to show you something. Okay, now we're going to cover a lot, right, really quick, and I'm just going to go bam, 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 bam. All right, but I want you to hear this, all right? Because here's what what we miss here sometimes. Chapter 39, verse 1. End of the verse says, this is the garments for Aaron. Right? End of the verse says, just as Yahweh had commanded Moses. Okay? Drop on down, verse 5. As the Lord had commanded Moses. Drop on down to verse 7. As the Lord had commanded Moses. I'm seeing a pattern. What do you think? Verse 21. This is the breastplate with the rings uh, and the rings to the ephod and the blue cord. And you conclude with it what? Just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Verse 26, the bells and the promenade, uh, pomegranate that would go around the hem of the robe of the service, just as Yahweh had commanded. And the tunics and the finely linen linen, uh, of Aaron and his sons and the turban and the fine linen. Verse 29, he says, even the sash, the sash that was put around it, what does it say? Just as. As the Lord had commanded. Then you could get the turban, you know, the, 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 the turban with the blue and the cords and all the rest of it. Verse 31. Just as Yahweh had commanded. Verse 32. They start talking about the inspections and the work of the tabernacle of the tent and of the meeting and it was completed and the sons of Israel did according to all that what? Yahweh had commanded. Verse 42, the sons of Israel did all the work according to all of the Yahweh had commanded. Moses, verse 43, Yahweh had commanded and it was done. So Moses blessed them. Chapter 40. Verse 19, it's talking about now we've got all the materials together. Now let's erect the tabernacle. And he spread the tent covering of the tabernacle, putting the covering over the top of the tent. Verse 19 says, just as 
was commanded. Verse 21, he brought the Ark of the Covenant into the tabernacle and set it up in the veil of the screen behind, that being the Holy of Holies, off of the Ark of the Testimony. What? Just as the Lord had commanded. He put the table in the tent of the meeting in the north side of the tabernacle, outside of the veil, and he made arrangements of the bread in order that it would be before the Lord. What? Just as the Lord had commanded. Verse 25, he lit the lamps before the Lord. Just as the Lord had commanded. He placed the golden altar of the tent in the meeting of the veil. And he burned the fragrance and the incense. And just as the Lord had commanded. He set the veil of the doorway of the tabernacle. And he set the altar of the burnt offering before the doorway of the tabernacle of the tent of the meeting. And he offered on it a burnt offering and a meal offering. just as the Lord had commanded. They entered the tent of the meeting, verse 32, and they entered, when they approached the altar, they washed just as the Lord had commanded. I see a pattern. What do you think? Do you see this? Oh, I wish we could grip, get a hold of this. I would give anything if the church today would see this. We have a new covenant. That's the New Testament. It is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. They had a picture. We have the reality. And I'm not sure that our response is worse than Israel's. I'm not sure about it. I'm not sure about it. I mean, I could take chapter 36, verse 8 through 38, 20, and say, we already know this. He's already explained this to them. But what you have in this text is their skilled, talented men that God had given them them talents, that God had given them that skill. He has come into their lives and done what? made them laborers, craftsmen that would take care of what was laid before them. That's amazing stuff. That is amazing stuff. Back up a few because I don't, everybody's like, he's already done? No. Chapter 38, verses 21 through 31. I want to share this with you a little bit. It's an inventory taken that calculates out at a half shekel per man, 20 and up. Okay, here's what it says. This is the number of the things in the tabernacle, the tabernacle of the testimony, as they were numbered according... You know, I can go back through. If you want me to go back through and tell you about the laver being, the laver being made, I can explain to you how that was made. I can go back and tell you how the court was made. Okay, I can go back and tell you how the ark was made, the lampstands were made, the table was made, the veil was made, the altar of the incense was made, the bronze altar was made. Those were all in there. And it's just a report on how it was done. But I wanted to deal with this because the number of the things in the tabernacle, the tabernacle of the testimony, do you know what it means when he says the tabernacle of the testimony? 
You've got to understand these terms. Okay, it would be the tabernacle of the covenant. Okay, the tabernacle of the promise. The tabernacle of the command. The tabernacle of God's word. This is God spoke forth and God says this is how it will be done. Let me tell you something. God hasn't changed. God flat out has not changed. He says, will you come to me? You will come to me as I command you. You will not come to me in your own whimsical ways. The number according to the command of Moses for the service of the Levites and by the hand of Ithmah, Ithmar, the son of Aaron, the priest. Now Belzel, the son of Uriah, the son of Hur of the tribe of Judah, made all that the Lord had commanded Moses. And with him was Hobah, and the son of Mishma, and of the tribe of Dan, an engraver, and a skillful worker, and a weaver of blue. And in the purple and scarlet material and fine linen, all the gold used. Now listen to this. All the gold that was used for the work in all the work of the sanctuary, even the gold of the wave offering. You know what the gold of the wave offering is? That's where they take gold and they make it into a cloth or into a, 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 what do they call it? A, A yarn. And it is stitched in. Of the wave offering was 29 talents. Okay, a talent is 75 pounds. Okay, so it's got 29 of those. Okay, and there's 730 shekels. Okay, a shekel is a half an ounce. According to the shekel of the sanctuary, the silver of those in the congregations who were numbered was 100 talents and 170 or 1,775 shekels according to the shekels of the sanctuary. What in the world are you talking about? Okay, he's telling you what, how much material it took because we know that each man from 20 and up was to give a half a shekel. Okay, so it equals 20 and up, 603,550 men. Okay, Numbers chapter 1 verse 46 says that that was the first census. And it was based on, what was it based on? What was given to the tabernacle. Isn't there something odd here? God designed his tabernacle exactly based on what was available to have it made. I think it's fascinating. I think it's absolutely fascinating. Of the 1,775 shekels, he made hooks of the pillars and overlaid of the tops, and the bronze of the wave of the offering was 70 talons and 2,400 shekels. Um, it was in the sockets of the door and in the tent and the meeting of the bronze altar and the bronze grating and all the utensils of the altar. All the sockets of the court and all, all around and all the sockets of the gate of the court and all the pegs of the tabernacle and all the pegs of the court and all around. It's all there. Then I want to show you something here. It's kind of cool. Really cool. Chapter 39, verses 1 and 2. 
Moreover, from the blue and purple scarlet machine material, they made, okay, they would be all of the craftsmen. They made finely woven garments for ministering in the holy place as well as a holy garment, which were for Aaron. Just as Yahweh had commanded Moses, he made the ephod of gold and of blue and of purple scarlet material and fine twisted. They hammered, then they hammered out gold sheets and cut them into threads to be woven in with the blue and the purple scarlet. And they made attaching, and he just goes there, skillful workman. And they made attaching shoulder pieces of the ephod. Skillfully woven band was on it, just as Yahweh had commanded. So what you see here is there's a contrast. Contrast. Okay? There's a third person, what they call third person plural in the Hebrew. Hebrew. Okay? They made, he made. Okay? Um, the they dominates the manufacturing in chapter or in verses two through twenty one, but it's interrupted four times in chapter um, thirty nine verses two through thirty one. Four times it's interrupted by the singular. Verse seven, and he placed them on the shoulder pieces of the ephah. Verse eight, he made the breastplate. Verse 22. Then he made the robe of the ephah. You know what he just did? He picked out a skill for man who was teaching others to do it. But even in that, he dominated some of it. He did things personally. All right? And and I I believe that it's Bezel. Bezel took personal pride. Here, I will do this. But his association was doing all the rest of it. But there's the singular that you see. And in that singular, he worked for himself. He did it for himself. Okay? And I want to finish Exodus right now. Did you see what happened? God empowered a man with a skill, with a talent. You know, I hear people talk about spiritual gifts, okay? There are supernatural enablings that God gives, but they are more than the 15 or 20 or whatever that people seem to think there are. There are talents that come from where? From God. He just does this. He just does it. And this person is placed in this position for this purpose, for his glory. And the ability comes from... Have you ever thought about it? I I can just look at this room. We all have different things that um, have drawn our attention. Okay? That that we kind of do well. You know, I I watch... uh, I'm going to use Stephanie. But she types without looking at the keyboard. That drives me nuts. How do you do that? And then there's a part of me says, why do you do that? Okay. Um, and, and I've tried it. it when, when you go to, when I'm in Russia, I can shift. Okay. And what I type 
will come out in Russian or, or in English. Normally when you type it, it comes out in Russian letters, the, the equivalent. But I have a button and I can push, it's a tab shift F6, I think, and poof, all of a sudden it prints in English. But there's a problem. All of the keys are still in Russian. And so I'm scratching my head trying to remember where an A was and that delete and that's not an A, it's A there. No, that ain't an A. And, put, and so it drives me crazy and I kept thinking, you know what? I need someone with the gift of Stephanie because they can look at this. They won't look at the letters and they'll just type it and it'll be so quick. Those people who receive emails from me from Russia, they always say, well, he just kind of gives a sentence. It only takes me like nine hours to get you a sentence. Because I don't know what the keyboard is. I mean, I know where enter is. Um, kind of guess, okay, around like that. But it's, I need a translator for my computer. Or their computer, I should say. Okay, I share that with you because there are people who have talents. And, and you know, and I, I know people get annoyed by Rush Limbaugh. But you know what? When he says talent alone from God, do you understand that? That is truly what he's meaning. I mean, people get, oh, he's just being arrogant and pompous and all the rest of it. Let me tell you something. Whatever my talent is, God has lent it to me. And when my time is done, I give him my talent back. Okay, we need to get a hold of this as Christians today. Why? Because then the cloud covered the tent of the meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Why? Because they had done it as the Lord had commanded. Every jot and tittle was done. We've looked at this in the the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians says, you prophesy, preach. And when the unbeliever comes in, he will say, truly, God is in this place. And he will bow his face and worship the Lord. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of the meeting because the cloud had settled on it. And the glory of Yahweh filled the tabernacle. And throughout all of their journeys, whenever the cloud was taken up, from the tabernacle, the sons of Israel would set out. When the cloud would come down on the tabernacle, it's time to set. When the cloud would raise up from the tabernacle, tear the tabernacle down and we'd get to walking. But if the cloud was not taken up, they did not set out until the day when it was taken up. For throughout all of their journeys, the cloud of Yahweh was on the tabernacle by day and there was a fire in it by night and in sight of the house of Israel. Why? All of Israel had the ability to look and say, there is the presence of God. When he raises up out of there, it's time to get going. If he settles there, it's time to stop. You know what? I think about that when I uh, I think about Jesus in the book of Hebrews saying He was the Lord of the Sabbath. In the Gospel it says that and they wanted to stone Him for it, for saying it. Why? Because there comes a time when I sit and I be still. Isn't that... Now, for me, that's my biggest struggle with my walk with the Lord. It's those times when He says, Be still and know that I am Lord. I really struggle with those. Okay? Because there's times when 
What does that mean? But I want you to remember something about this book, Exodus. These people sinned against the Holy God to the point where God was going to do what? I'll destroy them all and I'll start over with Moses. Okay, now listen, he's done that a few times. He's done that. This, and, and Moses understood that. Oh, But think about it. When the people were confronted with the holiness of God, what was their response? Oops. And God stirred in their heart to the point where Moses literally had to say, stop giving. Stop giving. And let us get about building what God has asked us to do. It's fascinating stuff. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for these texts. Lord, I, I just pray that uh, we will draw near to you. That we will bow before you. And Father, we will cherish you. Help us, Lord. Help us be as these stubborn, disobedient people which we are. Help us to be stirred, Lord, that we give it to you. And we hold nothing back. And Father, let us look forward to that time that we see your presence, we feel your presence, we know your presence, and we rest in your presence. Father, you've already told us, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And yet, Father, your people struggle with that. Help us not to struggle with that. Help us to bow before it and let us cherish your time. Let us redeem it for what you have given us to your glory and praise. In Christ's name, amen.